if you could spend a moment with some remarkable people and discover what the life sounds like, what would you ask? Welcome to Are We On Air, an audio encounter. I'm Armand Nafei, and each episode will feature one conversation with an inspiring friend of mine who will share with us the soundtrack to their life. from Ibiza and welcome back to another episode of Are We On Air? This week we are being joined by one of the most seductive, intriguing and talented global pop artists of today, the wonderful Kali Uchis. I remember when I first heard of Kali in the early days of her career and I was immediately drawn to her sound. I was trying to book her a couple of times, actually, for the Standard Hotels back in the day, but for some reason it never worked out. Well, here we are, and I'm very excited to chat about Carly's musical heritage, the soundtrack to her life, and Colombia. But we also talked about the gift of creation and how in today's world, in order to stay current, most artists overexpose themselves in order to stay relevant and how this can actually backfire in the long run. Anyway, I guess let's get to it as we have lots of great music coming your way. And as luck would have it, we are gonna start the episode today with a brand new track that was just released today and it is by Don Tolliver featuring Kali Uchis. And the track is called Drugs and Hello Melodies. Enjoy! get started. So welcome to Are We On Air, Kali Uchis. What a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I don't think we actually met yet. So here we are. So I'm happy we at least we are able to chat now. <laughs> And to begin with, what's your earliest significant musical memory that shaped you as an artist? I think in terms of like recording, my dad uh, used to have a, an on-person cassette tape that he would take verbal notes into all day at work. And so I used to steal that when I was little and that was kind of my first time recording my vocals. And that's what I used to like compose songs on and I would play them back like all day and night for fun. But speaking like musically, I can't, I can't really remember like the first song I ever heard that like touched me or moved me because I guess I just always um, loved all types of different live music and instrumentation and um, even, I guess, club music too, because in Colombia uh, we had clubs and stuff. So I was kind of like the little kid that was like running around in the club that shouldn't have been there. But that's, I guess, part of all of the different uh, things that shaped my 
my musical taste. Um, I was also in jazz bands when I was really little, so I always loved jazz. So yeah. Do you have a Do you have a favorite jazz musician or record that really got to you? Um, when I was little, I was in love with Billie Holiday, just in love with her. Um, the movie where Diana Ross played her as well, because I love Diana Ross as well. Um, Lady Sings the Blues. The blues ain't but a pain in your heart. When you get a bad start, you and your man have to part. Yeah, I love, I mean, I love John Coltrane. I love Miles Davis. I love, um, I love Chet Baker. Just, uh, I guess Etta James has some more jazzier songs as well. But yeah, more than more than even just like songs, I always I always just loved like I felt like it's kind of like a soundtrack to my life type of thing. I always loved jazz. It's funny. I was literally while I was uh, driving to the studio I am right now. I was listening to radio and Billie Holiday came up, and I was thinking about her. And that was a beautiful recording of Strange Fruit. And it's so funny that you brought her up because I was like, oh, I'm wondering if we're gonna talk about Billie Holiday today. Super random. I don't know. This is this is kind of funny that you just brought that up. Legend. Southern trees bear strange. Fruit, blood on the leaves, and blood at the root. Let's kind of talk about the legend that you are, and I'd love to find out how you would describe yourself with three songs. I know it's difficult, but it doesn't have to be definite, but they play a role in your life. I was initially <laughs> definitely thinking like three songs full of nature sounds, like bird chirping and crickets and sexy rainstorms. That's kind of like the playlist. Um. <laughs> I would definitely describe myself with that, but if it had to be like um, singers or composers, I love, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right was he, he was an italian composer named piero piccioni or piccioni um i'm not too familiar with how to say italian names but i love this italian composer he used to score um films in like the 50s and the 60s and all of his music i could definitely see that as my soundtrack of my life as well i play a lot of that around my house Sade, anything Sade or Mini Ripperton. And I love Cortex. I love Cortex. Oh la la, that's a nice combo. Yeah. 
fleurs dans le ciel vert d'éclairé trop blanc Couche le poids dans la terre, respire le vent Plonge dans la rivière des infinis I love Celia Cruz. I feel like all of her music could definitely also set the tone of the soundtrack of my life. Cecilia, I love that. <laughs> I love listening to bird sounds. It just takes us straight back to where we belong. Um, and of course, one of the things with with the artists that you mentioned, also the bird sounds, is this this soft spokenness, you know, and which I obviously hear in your sound. And I love your softness. It's very seductive at the same time, but very innocent. I can hear that uh, now that you mentioned the bird sounds and obviously Chade. Uh, yeah, very cinematic. That's the words. I'm extremely inspired. By, by nature, I guess like the idea of like mermaids or sirens and birds and all of that definitely has like influence in, um, in some of my cadence. So thank you. Well, let's talk about your latest record, Sin Miedo. It's pretty major. Congratulations. Yeah. Tell me, where did the, the idea com came from? Like to, to also record just in Spanish. I think it's great because obviously global pop is happening right now, which I love. Uh, and I think it's it's so good and current that you kind of play with your heritage and kind of embrace it really and, and push it forward. Yes. Um, well, I feel like being Colombian has always been such a big part of not only who I am as a person, but also like my artistry. Because when I look back on where I come from, like when I came up with the name Caliuchis, I was in Colombia at the time and um, I was shooting a lot of my first like, you know, guerrilla style videos with my brother and with cousins just in the streets of Colombia. And a lot of my artistic inspiration um, came from like, I feel like Colombia always like very much I guess, instilled me with that magic of like believing that anything was possible and, and wanting to chase my dreams and becoming super inspired by everything from people in the streets to the nature, the mountains, the horses, the everything. I feel like it's always been such a such a huge part of what inspired me um, growing up and definitely inspired my artistry. And so it didn't really make sense for me to not, as this being like my second studio album, my second album, it made sense that it was going to be dedicated to, to that side of me. Uh, and I think I've kind of just been trying to find the balance of, I guess, how to, not only how I express myself, but also how I represent being that I am multidimensional and I do have all of these different sides to me musically and culturally. I think it was just such a great learning experience to be able to put this body of work together. I guess be able to use both Spanish and English and like alternative R&B and boleros and reggaeton, uh, Latin pop. It's like, it's such, it's such a project that I guess is just close to my heart and I'm super proud of. Yeah, well, well done. <laughs> did you did you um, create a mood board for that record, or do you create mood boards when you prepare for a record? 
Um, I wouldn't say that I necessarily create like a mood board, but I, I noticed that I definitely, I continually just surround myself with imagery that keeps me inspired. And I do go through like, personally as an artist, I do go through different eras of like things that happen to be inspiring. So whether that be constantly watching things that inspire me or putting photos up in my studio that inspire me, or like I change my phone on my background weekly with intention. So I kind of just consciously brainwash myself with things that I love in a way i love that and also one of the tracks from the record which i love and kudos to you for doing the cover of ktp pity did i pronounce it right la lupe i mean that's that was probably scary and challenging Absolutely. And I'm not, I've never considered myself a singer. I, I tell everyone I'm an artist. I'm not really a singer. So it was extremely intimidating, you know, but, but at the same time, I never intended to like, um, I guess, live up to her version because I feel like you can never live up to original versions of songs ever. But it was more just about being able to include something that like garnered that emotion and like also pay homage and, and honor and celebrate people that I, that I really looked up to growing up. I love that and I think it's very important also you having a voice and a platform also to a younger generation to kind of show hey look at our heritage look at the history you know because I'm sure through y your record they discovered La Lupe, for instance, right? And then kind of hopefully dig deeper. I think that's the importance of when you do covers. Absolutely, because there is definitely so many people that just have a very one-dimensional view of what Latin music is, and they just group it all into one genre of Latin music, when that's really not at all um, the case. And even even for, you know, our own communities, um, there's so much to explore when it comes to the talent that is Latin America. So yeah, I'm really happy that I was able to include that in that project. Well, another great Latin star from Brazil is Astrid Gilberto. I think we both have a mutual love for her. What, what other artists do you admire that play with that? Because, I, I, again, I, I love that your sound has this softness and it plays with the sexiness at the same time. And you reference all, all these greats from the past. I'd love to find out what records or songs have influenced your sound directly that you're like, oof, they played a big role. Um, yes, I definitely love Astrid. I also love, if you love Astrid, you'll probably love this singer. Her name is Jeanette. It's one of my first covers ever when I was very, very young, before I was even dropping projects, um, was a song of hers called Por Que Te Vas. Todas las promesas de mi amor se 
also had like her song playing in the beginning of my music video when I was driving in a car. So I love, love, love her. And she was always just music that my aunt had playing in the house. She's that, I guess, kind of that same good feeling, soft, lowy, airy voice. I love the melancholy of it all. So I would definitely recommend her to you. Hoy en mi ventana brilla el sol Y el corazón se pone triste contemplando la ciudad ¿Por qué te vas? Como cada noche desperté pensando en ti Trying to think of more artists kind of that inspire me like that. I love Janet Jackson. Yeah, Janet Jackson is amazing. Um, Dorothy Ashby, um, she's actually a jazz harpist. Um, I love. that I really love. Her name is Ana Maria Gonzalez. Me voy a hacer un Well, we're both in isolation, shall I say? <laughs> um, the pandemic kind of forced us to to be in solitude and, and I guess enjoy the silence. And of course, you with your first record, right? Isolation. That was your first album. Uh, I mean, you were kind of ahead of your time with the title. I mean, <laughs> serendipity. <yeah? laughs> Um, how important is solitude and silence to you and creativity in general? Well, for me, I feel like personally, it's always been in a way necessary for my creativity, just because I believe it's really important for artists and humans in general to like give themselves time with just their thoughts alone and um, to not have to rely on, I guess, the constant chatter and noise from the outside world and It's a bit of a non-attachment philosophy that I've always lived by since I was little. And I think it really helps drown out all of that noise so that ideas can, can come to you more fluid. You're not so tainted by all of the different um, opinions, I guess. Well, I guess another thing I admire about you and I'm intrigued by because you have this enigma around you. And for being such a popular artist, I like how you highly curate your output, your visual, but also your audio output. For being so big, you're also you're very selective because usually at that level, usually there's a constant output of, on a weekly, daily basis. And, and I'm curious where this comes from, I mean, because I think it's great that you, that you play with this. I mean, I've always just loved, I have, I have a lot of respect and admiration for, for artists who, I guess, prioritize artistic integrity over just like constantly feeding the 
the content monster and constantly trying to like remain relevant mm-hmm. i think i think it's just an endless it's like an endless tornado you can get sucked into um where you just feel this pressure of like yeah that you have to just be on fire all the time and i think that's how you burn yourself out really quickly as well and how a lot of you know like when i when i started making music i didn't start making music thinking like oh i want to be rich and famous one day and overnight i just want to have this huge song that takes off like it, that this was never my goals and i feel like even the ways that people i guess um relate six the things people relate success to were never really my idea of success i look at my existence as something a lot greater than just a music industry or just a I don't know. I I just look at the world, I guess from a very different lens than that of like quote unquote pop star would. No, I think that's a very healthy approach and the right approach especially for long term for longevity as well to a to as you said not to burn yourself that that quick but also to keep yourself relevant, you know? I mean, uh, we have we need time to adjust to the times as well. So if you're constantly just out there, I think you get tired of it. I mean, it doesn't matter who or what, you know. Um, but I, I mean, from just looking at when I was researching your past interviews, I, there were a couple of points that I thought was very, very interesting. It's like equality and also your thought process of kind of giving back to your community and your heritage, you know, and um, and doing it more on the silent, on the on the low. It's not like in your face. Yeah, and I, I, I like that approach. Yeah, I think that's kind of part of like what I was saying about how I just, I guess, my perspective on life in general when it comes to my career I guess when I started making music I just remember I always wanted it to be something authentic something timeless something that can be enjoyed whenever never to like follow trends or be like motivated by I guess excessive exposure that can become so addictive to people and something that always mattered to me the most was just that one day when I had enough for myself is I really always just wanted to be independent and be able to to help other people and I loved sharing music because I was able to like help people through music, if that makes any sense. And so, yeah, I mean, it's amazing to be able to have enough that I can provide for myself, my family and have some to flow over. Um, I mean, I believe that it should be anyone's responsibility that has that blessing and that opportunity, that it should be all of our responsibility to guess redistribute into the communities to always remember, you know, especially when coming from like a, the beginnings that I come from, it would be kind of crazy if I didn't, you know. Let's talk about pre-pandemic going out and nights, night out. The fun. You remember those days? You remember those nights? <laughs> So you're at home with your friends, you're getting ready for a night out. Do you have like a go-to record that you always put on to get you into the mood? Uh, it's Anna Summers. And then Perreo, I feel like, always got me really amped up, like old school reggaeton. A particular reggaeton song probably would be Felina by Hector y Tito. Felina. Summers, it's kind of hard because 
Literally all of her music is amazing. <laughs> I love how the Latin sound or Colombian sound in the past few years in different kind of genre bend, bending genres. <laughs> I don't know if you can say that, you know, from the Tuluminati sound, as I call it, you know, the poncho house to uh, yeah, reggaeton. It's, it, it just like exploded. I mean, how did how was it for you seeing this development over the past 10 years? Is it like a positive thing or a negative thing? Or do you think it's maybe heading the right direction or wrong direction? I think it's amazing that people can project um, and express themselves through all types of different genres now more than ever, because it definitely used to be way easier to become successful just following, I guess, one strategic path and everything is just, I mean, it's still a lot of work to be done when it comes to, I mean, from, from my perspective, when it comes to what people consider like pop music in the Latin world or like mainstream music in the Latin world. But I think there's always been a huge, I guess, subculture in Colombia that people don't really talk about of like so many different genres, including like punk and rock and metal and club and um, house music and really, really all types of music have always lived in subcultures in our country that I guess people never really like talk about or acknowledge as much. It, it, it just kind of reflects, I think, the society, how colorful and broad it is, you know. And I think one thing that also kind of gets sometimes thrown under a rock is, is the Afro-Latin community and culture that's so strong, you know. And uh, I mean, we talk a lot we, or in the media, you see a lot about like, you know, black culture in the United States. But I think that it should be as equally highlighted as a Latin Afro community and culture that's just as big or as good. I think it should give the same kind of attention credit and i think through these subgenres, there are definitely elements that it kind of promotes promotes it you know great definitely it is great that people are starting to finally i guess open their eyes in a way to how for so long we i guess everybody all over the whole world not just latin america has been like brainwashed um mm -hmm. deeply brainwashed and i think it, i think it would be amazing to see more representation and more more uh action when it comes to people putting their money behind afro Latin or or indigenous also um, looking artists because it's definitely something especially in Colombia it's like when you look at all the people who have been able to come out of Colombia it's always white passing Latinos so I think it's really important for people to understand that there there is such a big range of like being Latin doesn't just look like one thing and um, people are finally starting to I guess realize that all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> And they should. <laughs> we talked about the pandemic and being in solitude. Um, I saw that you picked up the brushes and started to paint. Did you Did you paint before? Did you draw before? I've always been just, uh, I guess, an artistically inclined soul. I love uh, making <laughs> yeah. pretty much anything. So I think just the act of creation is just something that is a huge blessing from God. I mean, isn't it marvelous creativity in itself? Isn't that great? Out of nothing, something ha happens. I, I mean, 
it's still mind blowing to me. That's why I always tell people it's so important to write to write things down when you want them because just the act of putting things into the physical realm and putting it down on paper is the first step of making it real. So yeah, to be able to just bring things into the physical realm is, is so addictive. Well, another addiction of ours is, of course, art and film and music. Is there anything that you recently discovered that caught your attention? Oh, yes. Um, I actually discovered this amazing DP who happens to be Colombian. And um, I'm going to be working with him on one of my newest music videos for a song on Sin Miedo. But his work really made me feel something when I saw it. So I'm really excited to create with him. Do you know what song it is? <laughs> It's a song called Telepatia. Dimitri Basil, too, if you want to check his work out. He's great. I will. Well, let's go slightly more intimate with our last three questions. What's your go-to falling in love or heartbreak song? I don't... I, I feel like that's that's kind of sick. Now let's have, like, a song you return to every time you forget. Um, <laughs> I feel like, honestly, I don't fall in love very often, so I don't really have, like, a... But and, and and I feel like heartbreak heartbreak too is so unique and most of mine doesn't really have anything to do with relationships. So I feel like my my sad I have songs I definitely have songs that I listen to that make me cry. But it's because they're they're attached to memories. That's what it's really about. Let me think of what what's a song that may, definitely makes me cry. Uh, a Sade song that makes me cry. It's Tar Baby. Tar Baby makes me cry. I always listen to this um, Cass McCombs song. I don't know if you ever listened to Cass McCombs before. It, uh, I used to listen to him when I was in like probably like fifth or sixth grade. This song called What Isn't Nature. That used to make me cry. But like I said, it's like it's all songs that are attached to memories. So it might be sad for me, but not really sad for you. <laughs> My funny Valentine at a James is super classic. My funny Valentine, sweet comic Valentine. 
make me smile with my heart. Oh, oh your looks are laughable. Billie Holiday has a lot of great heartbreak songs. She has a lot of great sad songs. Here I actually have a playlist called Sad But Cute and it has all my little sad songs. Let me see. Stay Out of My Life by Ralphie Pig. And build my castle to the sky. You come and tear it right down. After you told me how you wanted to be free. You even smiled and said you never, 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 ever really loved me. So stay out of my life. La Ladrona by Diego. Eres la ladrona que me robó el corazón que yo guardaba para mañana. Tú, ¿por qué razón sin consultar te hiciste amar? Um, Camilo Sesto has a lot of great songs. That are sad. Los Angeles Negros also have some great songs. One of my favorites is um, Y Volveré. Amor a Dios No se puede continuar Ya la magia terminó Ahora tengo que marchar Será Estoy pensando en ella by, by Leodan. It's really great. I love Leodan. Si no puedo ser el dueño yo, nunca podrás olvidarme. Porque yo te di todo mi amor. Y eso tú muy bien lo sabes. Me iré con el recuerdo de haber visto morir. Aquel cariño nuevo que encontré yo en ti. Mañana será otro día, quiero volverlo a vivir. Tratando poquito a poco de pensar menos en ti. Um, but yeah, that's kind of some, some good sad songs from... Oh, I love Fiona Apple. Fiona Apple is great for like a... That's my, my middle school emo girl's face. That's where the pain comes in Like a second skeleton Trying to fit beneath the skin I can't fit the feelings in No, every single night's a light With my breath 
do have your heartbreak songs. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, they're not really about relationships so much. They're more so like they're they make me feel something because they remember, remind me of of painful times when I was younger. So they're more so like attached to memories, and that's why they're sad for me. But well. Uh, after your heartbreak, when you're out and about past pandemic <laughs> um, and you're feeling super sexy, what's the sexiest song? Sexy? Um, the sexiest song. I'm trying to remember what this one. How does it go? I feel like it's by the Pointer Sisters. I also really love SOS bands. Good music taste, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely, we'll definitely have to go for a, for a dance when this is all over. When you, I think it was called "When You See Me Dance." I don't remember what it was called, but the hook was saying like, "Don't you love it when you see me dance?" And it was by the Pointer Sisters. Betty Davis has a song called You and I that's pretty sexy. I'm just a child trying to be a woman. 
and you. Oh, you are a strange one. Obviously, like Marvin Gaye's whole um, I Want You album is super sex, sex driven. Have you ever seen that uh, live video or that video recording in the studio when he just lies, lays on a sofa and just kind of starts humming it to the band and they just start jamming to it? It's the sexiest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's just gold. It's just pure gold. The whole scenery and his voice and the, the way he's just like laid back in his tracksuit and the band just jamming and uh, it's just gold. <laughs> probably do four of these, four of these. I like it. Down. This is the last one. Passed away is the saddest thing ever. It's I I think about this a lot actually. It's it's one of these people who was like, was that really necessary? You know, and what what would the world have experienced if or if he would have if still be alive? You know, I mean, would they still be putting music out or cultural cultural signals in general that still would play a role in our lives today? You know, that it was just not just um, stuck with the 70s or 80s, but actually continued to this day. You know. Who knows? I just think it's so heartbreaking that his own father took his life. It's just so sad. Uh, talking, talking about it's <laughs> a bit morbid. <laughs> I don't want to end the conversation like this, but um, if your life would be a movie, <laughs> what song would play in the end credits? That is such a terrible question because <laughs> why would you make me choose one song for me to basically die to? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. It's your movie. It's not your death sentence. It's your movie. Okay, okay, okay. I always love this song called Arawak by this band Shotgun. I think it's just the most peaceful song ever. Um, it's just keys and water noises. It's so beautiful. I think that would be a great um, ending. Um, I also love Please Set Me At Ease by Bobby Humphrey. I think that's an amazing transcendent mm -hmm. song. And Only When I'm Dreaming by Minnie Riperton is also very transcendent and kind of feels like a good closer, but I don't know, it's, it's a very difficult question. I will give you that. Birds sing out of tune, 
you know, it could be an upper, it could be a downer, it's whatever you want it to be. And one of the answers I got in the past from David Shrigley, uh, an English artist, very funny artist, and he chose, uh, there's this, um, this game show in the UK and it has this iconic uh, sound, basically, it's like a, a clock, <laughs> something like that, he chose that. Hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Well, Kariuchis, it's been a real pleasure. Likewise. That was fun. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you, too. Bye. Thank you for tuning in this week. If you want to listen to the full playlist, visit areweonair.com or our Spotify channel. You can also find us on Instagram and on YouTube at areweonair. And a big thank you to my wonderful team at Studio Noi. I'm Armand Nafei and I'll speak to you soon.